The sharp pain from the gunshot wound has numbed considerably due to the anesthetics and painkillers that Nurse Cromwell delivered intravenously to the now conscious Susan. Light shades of red from the entry wound can be seen through the bandages and gauze fastened to her shoulder. The nurse adjusts the drip as Susan shifts in her bed. You're lucky to be alive, young lady. One more inch to the left and that bullet could have struck a vital artery. I guess someone is looking out for you. For sure. Get some rest now. Later this morning, you're going to have to give a statement to the police. They were here earlier, but I thought you needed a little more time to rest. Thanks. If you need anything, just push the red button. As the nurse leaves the room, Susan turns her face toward the ceiling. Tears well up in her eyes as her focus turns to reason. I wonder what they're doing to reason. Lord, please be with him. He's all I've got. From her peripheral vision, Susan notices someone standing in the doorway. She shifts to get a better look at the figure. It is the young black woman who watched from a distance when the ambulance hurried Susan's body into the hospital. She walks up to Susan's bedside. Who are you? Stay calm. I'm a friend. My name is Mariah. I'm looking for your husband. I want to help him. Husband? But I'm not married. What are you doing here? You're not married? Then who's the man you're staying with? Reason? Who are you and what do you want with him? I guess I'd better start from the beginning. About a week ago, my life changed. But let me tell you the whole story, or you may not believe what I'm about to tell you. I wasn't born with the luxuries that you and Reason may be accustomed to. When I was born, a homeless person found me in a dumpster, already addicted to crack cocaine. All my life I had it hard. I hated life. I hated everyone. I was adopted when I was four, but I was a handful. I think my foster father left because of that. But everything changed when my uncle moved in. He just came to help out, but we became close. He taught me about history and ancient weaponry like swords, morning stars, and all kinds of medieval weapons. I got really into it. So when I was in my 20s, he signed me up to train with Sao Chao, a Japanese weapons master. After two years of training, my uncle couldn't afford the payments, so I made them on my own. I got really good, extremely good. One day, under the painting of Jesus' crucifix in our living room, my uncle showed me an ancient sword of unknown origin. He gave it to me, but he never told me about its significance. It wasn't until later that I'd find out it was part of a bigger plan. On a Tuesday night after a day of training, I came home to find out that our house had been broken into. My uncle was killed, murdered. I vowed that I would find out who did it. I began teaching myself as much as I could about bounty hunting, the skills and tactics of the police and private investigating. With those skills, it wasn't long before I found my uncle's killer. I learned that the attack was racially motivated, but something stopped me from killing him. He's in prison now but it felt like the sentence was for me. I realized I was alone again. Couldn't shake off the feeling of depression. Then one night when I was at home alone, I saw the painting of Jesus on the wall and I remember my uncle giving me the sword. I never really understood the painting until that very moment. I realized that Jesus died for my sin. At that moment, I gave my life to him and everything changed. I even named the sword Mercy Giver 
because of what Christ did for us on the cross. I carry it most everywhere I go. Now a devout follower of Christ.